Hey everybody, this is Ian Thornley from Big Wreck. You're listening to Jay Scott on The Hook Rocks. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. It is Jay Scott. It is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. I always appreciate you uh, indulging me and listening to whatever topic that I want to talk about, whether it's music commentary, topic of the day, uh, great new music spotlights, or legacy interviews that uh, everybody enjoys uh, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, as I always mention, a great network of music-related podcasts, something in every genre. So check out them at PantheonPodcast.com and follow them on social media, on Twitter at Pantheon Pods, as well as Facebook. You can check out some of my friends on Pantheon Podcasts, like Ron and Esty, Vinnie Apice, and Carmen Apice. On the Hanging and Banging podcast, I had just had Ron on at the beginning of the year and had Carmine on last year. Hopefully, we'll get Vinny at some point. Check out the number one rated Kiss podcast on all uh, social or podcast platforms. Shout out Loudcast with my friends Tom and Zeus and Martin Popoff, the rock historian, as well as Mistress Carrie out in Boston. Some great stuff for you all to check out and listen to. Check out The Hook Rocks on every podcast platform, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you do podcasts, we are available. Follow us on Twitter at The Hook Rocks, as well as Facebook, The Hook Rocks. Don't forget to write us a review. We really do appreciate when people do because it just tells us what we're doing right and what we can get better at. And we always do appreciate any type of feedback. So thank you for those that have written reviews on different podcast platforms. Don't forget to set the app to automatic download so you get the latest Hook Rocks podcast right to your phone. And we've had some great episodes over the past month or two. We just had Ehab Amran, the lead singer of South of Eden, talking about the new music that they're going to be putting out in 2022, a great new emerging rock band from Columbus, Ohio. We also had Gold Thread on, a great band that reminds me of Band of Horses, as well as Greg and Robert from Joyous Wolf, the girls from The Warning, as well as some great topics too as well. We did the Live album review with my friend Rob in the Hood, Rockin' the Fillmore by Humble Pie. And lots to come in the new year. We've got some more conversations and collaborations. We had John Notto and Tyler Baker, John Notto from Dirty Honey and Tyler Baker from Goodbye June, as well as on the second episode, Travis McCready from Bishop Gunn, or formerly of Bishop Gunn, and Jennifer Lauren from Diamonds and Whiskey, and the third Collab, uh, conversations and collaborations. It has just been recorded with John Drake of the Dust Coda and Josh Kennedy from the Black Mood. So check that out as well. We've got another great episode. I always think the episodes are great. I am biased, but I think this is going to be an awesome one because it's a return guest. It's a, it's a guest that is a walking, living inspiration. He is a guitar virtuoso. His name is Pete Dankelson, and you know him from Pete's Diary. What's happening, Pete? How you doing? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lots to talk about. You got a lot going on. Rock music's got a lot going on. And uh, glad to have you back on the show to talk all about it. 
Yeah, looking forward to it. So what have you been listening to lately? Ooh, let's see. Well, for me, the big one is uh, Slash's new album. It just came out uh, Friday. So yeah. that's really been the, the big one for me at the moment. I've really been sucking that one in. Yeah, that one, of course, Miles Kennedy and Todd Kearns on the bass on that. Just a great band. Slash, of course, the uh, master of the hook. And uh, writes a great hook, I tell you. Slash is probably one of the, the best riff writers that there are. He just can lay it down. So that's an album that's been long anticipated, and rock fans seem to really be connecting with it. What else? Oh, let's see. Right, let's see. I kind of went and revisited some old ACDC stuff. Um, trying to think of what else. Well, um, it was a little while ago, but LA Guns came out with a, uh, the new album. Uh, I've been listening to some tunes off of that today recently. So that was, that was fun to take into that. You know, that's an amazing album. I, I, really good. I reviewed it and um, I think it's their best since Cocked and Loaded. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard some of the past albums, but I heard this one, like when it, you know, when it yeah. came out, I heard it again, uh, like listened to it all the way through not too long ago you know, again, and it's, it's really good. There's some fun tunes on that. The song let you down to me uh, with, with the eerie tone and Tracy guns is a guitar playing and how it really kind of sets a mood. I'm, I think it's one of the best, if not the best songs I've ever done. It's an amazing track. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good one. One of my favorites was uh, like, I'm all about like, you know, the slam and riffs and uh there was a tune on uh off the album called dog yes and that, that that you know caught my attention right away that was a cool one yeah um i've been listening to the new goodbye june uh which to me really sets the bar for albums in 2022 um just in uh just really sets the tone for for everything that i think is to come and it's got you know, some influences of some classic artists. You hear a bit of ACDC in there. You hear, I mean, the song Three Chords to me is going to be an anthem. That song is just a jam. So if you haven't checked that out, um, give it a spin. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I've heard the name, but I don't think I've listened to much of their stuff. I'm going to need to, yeah, something else for me to check out. Yeah, check. I, I'm, I'm telling you, Pete, check out Three Chords. I will. You, you're going to love that tune. You will, you'll absolutely love that tune. And um, you've got a lot going on this year. You, uh, recently released a book about your life and, and it's called how I learned to rock my life. The Pete Dankelson story. Yep. How, uh, tell us more about that. How did that come to be? When did you decide to start writing that? Well, the big thing is, well, <laughs> to tell you the truth, mom is the one It was really kind of, it's, it was her kind of, uh, you know, her big idea and really her baby, you know, through and through. Um, basically, it tells my story of, you know, people online, they see me as a guitar player, you know, they see me playing and all that. But, um, you know, they don't really know uh, a lot of the medical history and all of, you know, that stuff that I had to go through, you know, early on, um, you know, with, you know, with all the surgeries that I had and, you know, yeah, lots of that stuff medically. So really, the book kind of talks about, you know, those surgeries and um, also kind of like, you know, um, when I was in school, kind of the social aspects of, you know, living with Golden Heart Syndrome. And uh, of course, it does talk about music, you know, later on when I did pick up the guitar. But for the most part, it really focuses on, you know, on the medical side of things. You know, when you look back and, and you begin to, you know, tell this story, you know, with the help of your mother, um, as you both reflect on the things that you have gone through uh you know what were some of the difficulties looking back i mean obviously you're at the place you are now and you've come an extraordinary long way um from what you know from from what it was when you were younger and what you had to go through you know when you look back on that stuff and do you ever kind of like you know say to yourself man like i'm an amazing place right now but it took a lot to get me to where i am today Oh, uh, well, you know, there's definitely, you know, looking back, there were lots of hurdles <laughs> or, you know, lots of things going on. 
Um, but it's interesting because medically, a lot of this stuff happened when I was little. So I honestly don't really remember those. So like, you know, half the book, I don't even <laughs> remember. <laughs> um, but I know it was a lot, you know, on my mom and dad, um, you know, that, you know, their emotions are, I think, you know, how they were feeling kind of during that time were, you know, yeah, it's captured in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big thing was looking back at some of the surgeries uh, that I had in high school. Because um, I had a huge jaw surgery in 2017, and then a big airway surgery in 2019. So for me, really, kind of the tricky part was kind of you know when you know mom would kind of talk to me. She's like, "Well, you know, how did it feel? You know, coming out of anesthesia, being on a ventilator, and all that, and kind of having to go back and talk about that stuff a little bit was a bit you know tough and challenging. But ultimately." You know, well, it was tough to kind of go through those procedures. It's kind of like you take everything one thing at a time. If you look at it all at once, it's like, holy cow, that's a lot. But really, you know, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's a hurdle at that point, And then you keep moving on. It's, it's, you know, you build up incredible strength, you know, and, and perseverance going through all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have to deal with today's challenges, you know, whether it's, with the band that you're, you know, that you've, you know, formed or whether it's just everyday life, you know, people just deal with challenges. Uh, how, how do you deal with, with those challenges? And, and do you feel like you have so much strength behind you because of what you've had to endure and what you've had to deal with? Um, well, for me, the big thing with strength, it's definitely from my family, you know, they've helped me through, you know, whatever it, uh, you know, whatever it was that I was going through or kind of feeling, you know, I just trying to talk about it with my parents or, you know, and like, I know in middle school, like at one point I did kind of put a hood up over my head because I was kind of tired of, you know, getting uh, double takes or stares in public. Cause you know, if I go out and about, you know, and I didn't have a prosthetic gear on people are kind of, you know, I mean, it's naturally, you know, they take kind of a second look. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of got tired of that little school at one point and I threw a hood up and mom noticed one day, she's like, you know, just, you know, put the hood down, you know, keep your chin up, be proud of who you are. Um, so, yeah. You found passion, you found therapy, you found healing and music. Yep. And I know we've talked about it before in the previous and you've been open about it. Yep. What was it like the first time that you, you know, you hit a chord on your, on your Gibson, you know, and get a chord on a guitar. And what was that feeling like? I mean, it had to go right through your whole soul, you know, and, and, and connect with you. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, that was really exciting. Um, I picked up the guitar in high school and that was in high school. It's kind of when a lot of the big procedures kind of came back. I kind of had what I like to call a honeymoon period for, for quite a few years. I, I had like smaller procedures uh, but I hadn't had like a massive one in, in a long time. So the guitar for me was really kind of like, it, it was kind of an escape from everything, like hitting a chord on it for the first time. It was, you know, when I did pick it up, um, it, it was just freedom. It was, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like you start playing and then, I don't know, time kind of goes away. You kind of get lost in the music for a couple hours. And for me, that's what helped me, you know, with a lot of the, the procedures and stuff, um, it kind of helped distract me a little bit. And then when I was in the hospital and I did have a guitar in my hand, it just felt real good to play again. Um, just, yeah, it, it's a good way to express myself and it's a good way to kind of escape for a little bit. Yeah. I, I think of the podcast that we did in the fall, um, mm-hmm. with Aaron Alden on the real me podcast, and that's the teen cancer America. Uh, and that's the charity founded by Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend from the who, and basically it's for teenagers and young adults who have been diagnosed with cancer and they're, they're able to go in and record their own music and write their own music and work with musicians. And these stories are so inspirational, but you know, there's a common theme with, with what you said and what, what they all said is, it gives them something to look forward to and it gives them time to not worry about the treatments or worry, in your case, worry about the surgeries and the healing. 
you know, yep. it, it, it is an escape and it is therapy and it is, you know, something that allows someone who is dealing with a, a medical challenge to find comfort, to, yeah. you know, have that, you know, to play that because it's, it's, it's easy to get lost in it. You know, when you think of where you've come as a guitar player, you know, how did that develop for you? Like, how did that, you know, obviously, you know, this was a way of therapy and comfort, but, you know, to master the instrument like you have, what did that all take for you? Um, well, I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) I, I mean, it's funny, you know, hearing like a lot of the, you know, a lot of my favorite guys that have been playing forever. Sounds like you never truly master it. You're just still kind of, I guess, going along for the ride or, you know, still finding out new things. Um, It's amazing how, you know, when you play, how you, I just had this conversation with someone about, you know, the, the guitar is very limited to what you can do with it. Right. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe Eddie Van Halen or Tom Morello are really the last two to kind of put something new or add something new to the to the way you can play it. But it is a it is very limited. You know, there's there's only a certain amount of chords and, yeah. you know, there's only a certain amount of notes. And it's interesting how whether it's you, whether it's Angus Young, whether it's John Notto, how. You all have a different approach. It can be similar, but it's always a little bit different. You know, some people are vastly different. How do you feel like you developed in, in terms of your sound, in terms of your playing? Well, it's interesting. I mean, when I hear myself play, I kind of pick out, I guess, a lot of the licks that, you know, <laughs> I borrowed from people <laughs> or some of, you know, my influences. Like I hear something, I'm like, oh, that's a total Angus thing. Or, you know, I hear something, I'm like, oh, it's definitely something that, you know, Jimmy Page would do or something. Um, I don't know. But I, it sounds like that's what a lot of people do. And then eventually, you know, you're like, oh, what if I take this, like, and try it, you know, in this spot or something. And then you just kind of, I don't know, start to have, start to make your own fingerprint, I guess. Because that's that's kind of cool because, um, you know, listening to a lot of different players, you could tell, like, if you were to put, like, let's say, you know, Angus and Slash in a room, and they were just jamming back and forth, and I, you know, was listening. I could probably pick out, because I've listened to both of those guys forever, and kind of know how they approach the instrument. I could probably pick out, oh, that's that Slash, you know, doing that leader. Oh, that's that's what Angus is doing. Um, it's just a unique, um, yeah, it's just a unique sound and a unique, you know, uh, way of approaching it. I uh, recently had my friend Mike Longacre from uh, Mike's Custom Guitar Shop in Hermosa Beach, California. Um, we've done a few episodes. We did Eddie Van Halen, the the innovator, the luthier. And then we just did Angus and Malcolm about how the tone that they chase and the sound that they chase and what they have to do now to maintain that sound um, and the things that they, you know, carry on the road with them and the techs that they have and and it may sound easy but it's it's very difficult i i think of my own son who had an audition uh for a house band for school rock and he had to play thunderstruck yeah and he thought that was going to be the easiest song (laughs) to do but after you know he and he he actually thought the lead was going to be the most difficult you know the intro that angus does yeah but when he got in the rhythm parts with Malcolm, he really realized how intricate and how different it is because it's it doesn't yeah. it doesn't follow just the basic pattern. It's it's very different in how Malcolm played. Yeah, um, you know, and it's a lot on feel too as well. Yeah, well, that right hand especially because he's just yeah, yeah, that right hand that Malcolm you know that rhythm part that Malcolm's doing. It's yeah, it's it's funny because I mean if you because I remember listening to it kind of. You know, right when I picked up the guitar and I didn't really notice Nako's part, but it's like if you listen to headphones and you listen and you're like, oh, that's it's more like a feeling than what you actually hear. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. Or at least that's what I noticed at the beginning. And it's like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. What song has given you the most challenge? The Ooh. biggest challenge? Um, let's see. It's a good one that I learned recently. Um 
trying to think if there's like a big soul that I've really taken a look at recently. I know that like one that was a huge challenge for me. I'm a huge fan of uh, Gary Moore and um, kind of like, this was quite a while ago, but um, there was a tune I heard just kind of, it, there was a live record that came out a couple of years ago and uh, there was a song on the album that I hadn't heard before. And it really blew me away. It was called down the line. And um, um, I was like, Oh wow. It was like this really fast up-tempo almost like a country rocker and just the licks he was doing in that work was amazing. And then I listened to the studio version. I, I was so floored by it. And so I, I spent like, a, a, I don't know, about a week just listening. And, you know, I found something on YouTube too. And I, I managed to figure out the whole solo note for notes. So that was, that was a big, um, that was a big one, but that was quite a while ago. I don't know if there's like a one recently that I've really learned, but that, that was a, that solo was a, was a big one that I was, proud to figure out i mean gary moore man to such a huge player you know yeah. i mean and uh you know just having scott gorham on and mm-hmm. he didn't you know yeah. he didn't say it in this interview but imagine being scott gorham and playing with brian robertson gary moore and then john sykes in uh, one band <laughs> i mean that's that's pretty cool you know i mean cool. i mean both those guitar all three of those guitar players are absolutely amazing and Obviously, Scott is amazing too with the harmonizing and yeah. that, that Thin Lizzy is so unique, uh, and, and, and what they're known for as well as Phil Lynott's singing approach. But Gary Moore's solo stuff, it's interesting how, you know, Gary Moore obviously was a rock player for so many years and Thin Lizzy and even his early solo stuff was, was, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of rock and roll. I think of that duet that he did with, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, which was just an amazing song. And then he really went deep into the blues and he's an amazing yeah. blues player, amazing blues player. Yeah. I think the thing that really spoke to me, I mean, I remember when I kind of first found out about him like quite a few years ago, I was just kind of scrolling around on Instagram and, you know, you see all these kind of like different guitar pages or, you know, music pages and they're posting all these different like live performances. And there was a performance of a, uh, it's it's a song called uh, I remember it really well. It was a song called uh, "Cold Day in Hell" from uh, his After Hours album, and it was the solo to that. It was a live performance of that, and I was just floored. I was like, "This is really cool," because uh, and to me that like hit the mark. I was like, "This is to me that was like one of the you know uh, the light bulb went off kind of moment," because uh, it was like it, his play. You know, it's, it could be really fast and uh, you know intense. But also, with, you know, it was really bluesy, too, with the horn section in the background and, you know, the, the chords and stuff that he was doing. Um, and, and his singing, too. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, just like being a rock guy, you know, at heart, you know, hearing the blues kind of in that context. Um, and kind of the way that Gary did it, too, it was, it, to me, it's still fascinating because it's, you know, he can be really quick, but it's still melodic. It's, it's, I don't know. Some people might not like it, but to me, it's just... It, it, the, like when he does go fast, it just kind of, it's still, I don't know. It still feels right. He had, he just had mm-hmm. a great way of doing, yeah, of doing it. Did you check out the Smith Cotson album yet? No, I didn't. I, I will tell you this. Obviously, you know, we're all familiar with Iron Maiden and their songs. Adrian, I mean, I know what Richie brings to the table, right? Kits Cotson is this R&B soulful shredder, right? He can go from playing this, these fast licks to these, this unbelievable soulful melodic, you know, groove that he gets into. Yeah. But Adrian Smith, the playing he does on this album is so bluesy. Uh, and now when you go back and listen to Maiden, you hear, that blues playing in his playing a lot of it because of this album. Um, and also his singing, he sounds a bit like Paul Rogers too, as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you, you got to check out that. And like I said, the goodbye June three chords. So those are two on your list that you got to check out, but, um, yeah, just amazing album of guitar. I love it when, cause guitar is my, my favorite interest instrument, you know, Mm -hmm. piano is probably a close second, but, I just love like getting back to what I said, everybody, you know, has a different approach to a very limited instrument. You know, I mean, it's not like it's endless um, what you can do with it, but the way you play and the style you play can be so different from the next guy. Um, Yeah. I mean, 
you know, a lot of, there's a lot of blues influence players, you know, I mean, ACDC was influenced pretty much by the same bands or the same artists that Rolling Stones were, you know, right. influenced by, you know, the old blues guys, Chuck Berry, Muddy Waters, you know, Howlin' Wolf, all those guys. And they have a completely different approach. They have a completely different sound. And it's just, it's amazing. I, that's why I love it so much. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's fun for me, too, because, you know, started out, you know, fell in love with ACDC. That was the first band that I, you know, loved and still, you know, get a huge kick out of. And kind of really found a lot of the rock bands through through ACDC, like, you know, Zeppelin and Slight mm-hmm. like Sabbath, you know, all, all those bands. Um, but it's interesting because for me, I started going backwards. It's like you start thinking, okay, you know, I like ACDC. What what were Angus and Malcolm listening to? And actually, I, I had um, Richard Fortas from uh, Guns N' Roses. I had a chance to meet and chat with him. And, you know, we're huge ACDC fans, ACDC fans. So we were both talking, you know, Angus. And he said, if you really want to get in Angus's headspace, listen to the band Free and listen to Paul Kossoff. He's like, you'll you'll definitely hear where Angus gets a lot of his stuff from. And he was, and sure enough, he was right. I heard Free and, you know, instantly fell in love with Kossoff's playing. But, you know, and then I started going backwards more and more, you know, finding the Stones and Beatles and then going back further and finding, you know, like the blues guys, like, like Muddy Waters. And then eventually, you know, you end up, kind of where, you know, rock and roll began with Robert Johnson and, you know, Charlie Patton, a lot of those Delta Blues guys. So it's just kind of this fun journey to to discover and see, you know, where where it's all kind of gone. Yeah, it's 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 peeling back the orange, you know, you keep you keep peeling, yeah. you keep going, you know, you keep going. And uh it's amazing journey that you can go on when you start doing what you uh what you did. I know you've you've chatted with my son as well, you know, and yeah, I remember having that conversation with him. Like, you, you got to listen to everything. You got to listen to anything you can hear. Any any different any different style of guitar, because it's going to come out differently because it's you. But you got to hear it all. I mean, even you know, be, even the blues guys, you know. And then the next day, I I go in his room and he's got my John Lee Hooker and my Muddy Waters <laughs> CDs out, and that's great. And and you become a better player when you expose yourself to that stuff, you know, when you just limit yourself to a certain type of playing or a certain style, you're never going to be what you want to be as a guitar player, because you're going to, you're going to limit yourself on a limited instrument. And I think that's really where it comes down to the approach is because people have so many different influences or because people are influenced more by this person than the other person, that limited instrument, becomes endless with what you can do because of what you're yeah. what you're influenced by so that that i think it kind of works in a, in a in a weird way how 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 guitar tones work with with different players mm-hmm. what do you think of the new guys i mean i know you're a big dirty honey fan i know you like the yeah. dust coda um yeah. you know john nano is an inc- incredible player what, mm-hmm. what, what who are some of the new guitar players that you listen to uh, let's see um, well, uh, Tyler Bryan and the Shakedown really like, really like Amazing. that. Yeah. Great. Um, uh, I think of who else, uh, Jared James Nichols, um, you know, uh, great guy too. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, Joyous Wolf, uh, I saw them open for, they opened for Dirty Honey when I saw them, um, over the summer. They were great. It was my first time seeing them. Yeah. Blake's a great guitar player too. Yeah, Blake like gets lost. Like you ever when you see him, like he's playing, and you can just tell he's gone somewhere else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The eyes are closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's somewhere else. He's he's there. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. You know, I've seen John Nato play. He's great. Um, Yeah, there's so many great new players out there. You know, and it's it's great to see because you know for a long period of time people thought that there was never going to be any guitar heroes of the future and i think there's plenty uh yeah. you know it you know maybe they're not the shredders that were in the 80s and but that doesn't mean they can't be guitar heroes just because you know they play a different style or they're more blues based but yeah there's a lot of amazing amazing new players out there tyler bryant like you said i've seen him a couple times in, in concert he's just he's just phenomenal yep 
So as far as you, you've got a band and you've got a CD coming out. You've been recording some music. Tell everybody what you've been working on. Yeah. So basically um, I've got a project going called uh, PD3. And um, basically this is (laughs) this this EP that we're going to release, you know, in the spring, this has been in the works for a long time. (laughs) Um, Basically the whole thing started. Oh man. Like, uh, like summer of 2020, I think maybe even a little before um, where, uh, um, where I went to at School of Rock, um, Ryan, who who's, uh, plays drums, um, he was a drum instructor at the School of Rock that I went to. And basically, you know, we just kind of started talking. It's like, well, let's just start jamming. You know, we'll, we'll play a little bit. And it's like I had some ideas that I, you know, kind of been working on and kind of brought some stuff in. And we were kind of messing with some stuff. And basically, really from like, basically all the way till uh you know spring of 2021 it was just that like we just kind of you know workshop different ideas and basically just you know it was basically just record a bunch of demos but it was kind of like you know it's like well you know we want to release music but who's going to sing on it and who's going to play bass you know there's there's all that to think about and then we found uh, a friend of mine who who uh, uh goes to the same school of rock uh, Mac and he's a really ripping guitar player. He's a great singer too. And, um, you know, we, you know, he came over and, you know, we just kind of had, I don't know, like I showed him one of the things that we were working on and he just kind of went off of that and started like writing lyrics on the spot. And, um, you know, it was really fun. Everyone was really excited and happy. And, uh, yeah, he's a great guitar player, but we managed to talk him into playing bass because it's like, okay, we got the vocalist you know do you want him to just get working now and he's like sure <laughs> so that was really cool of him to do um because he's, he's a really good guitar player <laughs> but he's playing bass um and yeah basically the whole summer we just kind of spent time like writing um and you know playing a couple of shows here and there um and then in the fall you know in november uh we went into a studio and recorded everything so yeah that's kind of the journey so far what was that like for you getting in the studio for the first time and having that experience? It was so much fun. Well, it's, I mean, I mean, it was my first time in a studio. So it's kind of like the whole thing is kind of like, you don't know what to expect. Like you're new to the whole thing. So um, yeah, first, you know, it was great. It was like, it was all recorded. Uh, what was it? Basically the bulk of it was recorded over a weekend. Um, you know, started out with drums, you know, the whole day was just dedicated to drums. We all kind of played in the live room, you know, with headphones on and that was great. Um, then the next day was bass. So, um, you know, Mac did all the tracking with that and the, it was great because we took, you know, um, there's lots of downtime when you're recording, um, except with, (laughs) except on the day with, um, let's see, I mean, bass was kind of like one of the, you know big downtime days so it was um it was was a lot of fun but um you know it was like drums for a day bass for a day and then um and then I kind of you know it was a Monday so everybody had to go back to school (laughs) but I just went in and uh recorded guitars the whole day I mean it was just like a couple I don't know like eight hours almost non-stop just playing it was so much fun (laughs) and it was great too because it was like you know there's all these little techniques um they do with recording. It was like double tracking and, you know, uh, you'd overdub. Like I did a slide solo on a song, you know, open tuning and stuff. It, it was, it was so much fun. It was great. Was there anything that was unexpected, you know, or, you know, were you not knowing what to expect when you got into the studio and, and that whole experience in itself taught you a lot? Uh, well, the whole experience was, was a lot of fun. Actually, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I guess one of the probably the biggest unexpected thing was uh, we recorded a cover that uh, it won't be on the EP, but we'll, we'll probably release it sometime later on down the line just to like have. So it's like you don't feel like a lot of pressure, I guess, to, you know, follow up with something so fast. Um, <laughs> but it was funny. Basically, you know, we, we recorded five songs and I'm walking out of the live room. And I'm like, great, we're done. Sweet. You know, with drums. And, you know, Max coming back, he's like, nope, get back in. We're, we're, we're recording again. So it was like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of the unexpected one. Uh, but it was fun because it kept me on my toes. Because, I mean, basically, we we were um, 
we rehearsed for, I don't know, probably like two weeks, like just rehearsed the five songs over and over just so they were tight, ready to go. You know, no one was second guessing anything. It was just like, okay, we go and do our thing. That's it. Um, so yeah, to have the cover thrown and kind of last minute, it was uh, kind of kept everybody on their toes, I think, which was, which was fun. It turned out good. <laughs> so that was exciting. What about just the way of recording, you know, laying the guitar track down, the bass track, all that stuff? Was was that something that you kind of anticipated? Was that all new? Did you learn anything like mixing wise or, you know, how to get certain sounds and, and just that whole, uh, you know, the whole way of recording? Um, well, let's see. It was a lot of fun doing the guitars because basically we had the amp set up in the live room. And we had it cranked, you know, it was just loud. <laughs> and um, it was great because like I'd be playing and you could feel the walls shaking, you know, in the next room. And I mean, that's like just a, you know, it's a 20 watt amp, but that thing's got a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was great. You know, I didn't have to have headphones on. I was just kind of in the control room, you know, the amp was in the live room. So I could just kind of hear everything, just kind of soak it in that way, which, which I really liked. Um, but I guess the really fun moment was we have a song. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's called All Screwed Up. And it's kind of got this little, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a tricky kind of syncopated, or, or like it's a really specific rhythm. Like it's it's got kind of a shuffle. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of a, you know, fast moving rhythm. And basically we were getting ready to double track it. And, you know, the engineer, Ian, he's like, how do you want to do this? You know, because that, you know, that, that one part is kind of, you know, you got to be like right on time, right? He's like, you just want to go through it and just, you know, um, just play. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I, think I got it. I'm like, let's just go through it anyway. He's like, all right, sure, no problem. So, you know, it just hits record. I go through it again. He's like, you got it. <laughs> so that, that was fun. That was cool. As far as the band, you guys have been playing out here locally in Chicago. I was supposed to come go see a couple of weeks ago, but got tied up with the dealership and uh, wow. went in expecting to spend a half hour there and ended up spending like five hours there. So, but I know you guys got another show coming up in April. What's that like getting out and performing in front of people? You know, I know you performed before, but now you have a band that is, is playing. What's that like for you? Well, it's fun because, I mean, with the trio format, you kind of got to think about, you know, you really got to think about which songs you're going to do. Um, so there's kind of lots of stuff to, to consider when we're picking a tune or, you know, jamming. Um, jamming out. It's like, one, you know, <laughs> it's funny, like a lot of the rock stuff, it's really hard to sing. So it's like, well, <laughs> Matt, can, can you hit this okay? <laughs> you know, he's playing bass, too, so it's, it's a lot on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, right now it's really just, you know, we've got like a two hour set, um, you know, of basically of covers with the originals, you know, mixed in. So right now it's just kind of getting going on that, um, just kind of uh, getting comfortable playing that set. So that's kind of really where we're at right now. But everybody's getting the itch to write again already. You know, this this isn't even out yet. So that's that's exciting that everyone's kind of ready to to start, you know. Uh, getting back into it already. I'm excited. As far as this year goes and, and coming up, I mean, you you know, you have the book out, you've got the album coming, you've been performing, you know, what else is, uh, is in store for you in, in 2022? Um, I mean, honestly, those two are kind of the big things that I can see right now. Um, let's see. Show wise, uh, we're really looking forward to. Uh, we're going to be playing at Sweetwater in uh, Indiana. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. In April, and I, I think that might be kind of when the the first single comes out. I don't know. We're we're trying to think of uh, you know how you know when when it'll be released. It sounds like we're thinking uh, end of May. So I'm like, well, that might be a good time to to put out the single like the i think i think the sweetwater show is on a saturday so it's like maybe that friday we'll 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 do it but who knows i mean (laughs) a lot could change since then so that's kind of the the plan right now and actually the we just finally set the mixes away (laughs) that we went back and forth on that for a little bit and so it's getting mastered right now so those should be back in in a a couple days so the thing should finally you know finally be done (laughs) so that's exciting yeah, I, I, I bet it is. Um, 
you know, as far as writing goes with the band, you know, what is the creative process with you guys and how, where does it all begin? Well, it's funny because I think, you know, what we're going to be writing versus what we've already written so far is going to be completely different because basically for almost the whole EP, it's basically just stuff that me and Ryan had kind of been kicking around and messing around with before Mac joined. Like we already had um, for like at least, I think, um, you know, three out of the five songs were already pretty much um you know, done and pretty much what you're, what you're going to hear on the EP. Um, I think like Mac came in and kind of was like, Oh, let's, you know, try some different stuff with it. And then um, actually the, the last song we wrote, um, what was it? So basically for him, it was just kind of like he was putting words to stuff that was already there. Uh, but except for the last song that we wrote, um, it was just kind of something that we were messing around with here. Like I had a riff that, Actually, it's funny. I, I did a riff thing on uh, TikTok, you know, like you could do at, uh, uh, you know, other musicians and stuff. And uh, there was a drummer that, um, you know, popped up on my For You page. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm going to do at this, do at this guy. And, uh, you know, I had a riff and shared it. And it actually did really well. Lots of people really liked it. So I'm like, well, that's a good sign. You know, maybe keep that up high in the, uh, you know, the voice notes. And uh, Mac actually saw it. He's like, hey, that's a really cool riff. He's like, I'm going to write lyrics to this. And basically, you know, I don't know, like a day or two after he saw that he came over here and we just kind of cranked out that last song. And uh, I think it's one of the best ones on the EP, too. So that, that's that's really exciting. So now, you know, now for this, what, you know, what uh, the next batch of tunes, which that we'll be working on, he'll be involved with everything that's already there. He'll be, he'll be able to, you know, have input from the very beginning. So I'm excited to see, you know, how that turns out. And I'm sure it's exciting, too, is you guys get to know each other better yeah. as musicians, too. It, it probably flows a lot easier. Um, you you kind of know each other's limitations. You know how far you guys can stretch, you know, in terms of playing. And that has to help, too, with the songwriting and creative process. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it does. What's well, funny, like, Mac had this one thing he was showing me, and it was like this really awkward stretch with the pinky and i'm like uh i'm like is there a place he might have to change it up a little bit and he's like mm, maybe we'll just skip this dude for now I'm like okay <laughs> what uh you know what excites you about the band i mean obviously the new music and recording and you guys are playing but i mean you know what excites you about where you guys are evolving and what you guys are becoming? I mean, is this something that, you know, obviously you're playing locally now, but is this plans to, you know, get out and pl- start playing other areas and, and, and showcasing your music? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to do like, I mean, like an opening act slot or something like that. I mean, uh, it's like, we only have a few tunes, so it'll kind of be like, you know, it'll be a mix of originals and, and covers, which is kind of, you know, what the whole thing is you know, where we're at so far. Uh, but, you know, just so far, it's just kind of like, just kind of playing wherever, really. Just really kind of playing live and getting tighter uh, together. So, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of young musicians don't realize that. You know, unfortunately, we live in the day of social media and, and digital media where you can post anything at any time. Yep. And... You know, I think back of the conversations and interviews I've seen David Lee Roth have about Van Halen and the thousands of hours that they practiced and played before they were ready to get in the studio and do their first album. I mean, it's like thousands and thousands of hours. And I I think that's lost on a lot of young musicians where they, they get together, they make a song and they put it on Spotify and it's nowhere close to being ready. They haven't ironed out the kinks yet. They're not tight as a band and... I don't know if they really understand because we live in that age of American Idol and you know the voice where you know people think that's all they need to do in order to get popular being a band. They just need to be on a show and boom, you know, there it is. And I don't think people realize the hard work that goes in prior to that, all that that leads up to it. Um and you know, I know Dave Grohl's talked about it too as well. I know other musicians have talked about how you know, the, these shows are, are 
you know, ru- ruining rock music. I don't know. I, I don't know the verbiage that they used, but you know, they're, they're just saying that this isn't what it's really like. This isn't how the process goes. And um, I'm sure now that you've experienced all this and the practice and the playing and the studio and the writing and recording, you can attest to, yeah, and this is a lot of work. This isn't something that you just play a couple times and say, all right, let's, let's put it on Spotify. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, like a few of the tunes, um, you know, we, we'd had written like a, at least a month or so or a few months before we went into the studio. So it's like, we, we had time to kind of play them and for at least, you know, three of the songs we, we played them live and, you know, saw people's reactions to them. So that was fun. Um, so it was, it was good to kind of get a reaction from people and kind of see what they were thinking before, you know, recording it. Whereas like, you know, there, there were two other songs too that we hadn't played live yet. So it's kind of like, huh. We don't wonder what people are going to think when they hear them. And uh, we played them live so far since, um, and people people have been digging them. So that, that's exciting. You also had the chance of playing with Buck Cherry over the summer yeah. in yeah. 2021. What was that experience like, and how did that come to be? That that was really cool. Um, basically, the band's label, um, uh, Eric Records, um, I, I'd done stuff with them for the, uh, for the Dust Coda. You know they, you know they wanted me to help promote a single from the Dust Coda, so I did like you know I got to hear it early, and um, uh, you know uh, put it on social media to help to promote the song, and you know it went went over great. People were really liking it, so Eric Records reached out again, and they're like, "Hey, you know Buck Cherry's coming out with an album. Would would you like to do a cover of that?" And I'm like, "Sure," and they're like, "Sweet, this is the next single off of the album. It's called." know learn it and um you know posted a cover of it the day the day the song came out and um and it was great and they're like hey and you know uh it was stevie d he he said hey you know or what was it it was like hey you know if we're ever you know in the chicago area or something you know hit us up you know we'd love to meet you and um it was like a couple days before they went to milwaukee Summerfest, and they said hey um was it Stevie sent a message and he's like, Hey, how'd you like to get up on stage with us and play Hellbound? And it was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. How do I say no to that? Yeah, like, Let me think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> and they're like, great. You know, we'll have an answer for you. Just, you know, you know, big, you know, four by 12 Marshall stack and everything. He's like, just bring your guitar. I was like, okay. And I'm like, do I know the song well enough? <laughs> and so, yeah, so basically for like uh, three or four days, it was just that song, on repeat, on repeat. You know, you've learned everything inside and out. It's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, Stevie's like, we'll, we'll give you the solo. It's like, uh, it was like, you know, the, on the on the album, the, the solo's bit short. He's like, well, we'll double that. You know, you get a longer solo. It's like, sweet, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, learn the song you know, went to Summerfest and it was great. Cause um, I got to watch, you know, the bands play beforehand and like, uh, what was it? Um, Living Color was, uh, was, uh, yeah, was on stage not long before they were. So I got to watch them play. And like, I played Cult of Personality and, uh, and, uh, the house band at where I went to school rock. So hearing that live, you know, I was like, Oh, that, that, that's neat. And, you know, just getting to watch some of the other bands play. That was a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, went backstage, uh, you know, when the time came to, you know, for Bacteria to play, went backstage, got to meet them. Um, it's like, okay, you know, here's the set list. And it was like, Hellbound was uh, right after Lit Up. So it's like, you know, that's a big hit from them. You know, one, one of their bigger songs. So I'm like, oh, sweet. So I'm like, oh, man, Christ's going to be energized and ready to go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like, okay, you know, you're watching the set list. It's like, okay, Lit Up is here, you know be up on stage with the guitar, be ready to go. It's like, make sure, it's like, you know, you're running backstage, you know, it's just last time. It's like, all right, here we go. You know, now or never. Um, so yeah, this is just, and it's on, on video too. I think you can find it on YouTube. You know, Stevie said, Hey, you know, come on out beat and, you know, walk on stage. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's exciting. Cause you know, you got the nerves a little bit. That's just, you know, drummer goes one, two, three, four. And you can see too, just start walking forward. And it's like all the nerves just went away. It's just like, 
it was just a big thrill from from start to finish and um I'm trying to think uh it, it was it was great um yeah it looked like an amazing time i mean it, i mean it really looked really cool for you to do that and you know what a what a a great band to do it with too as well but cherry um you you mentioned cult of personality in the school rock band that you had to learn my son had to learn that for his audition oh Uh, that's a tricky that's a tricky one Um, yeah it gave him a lot of headaches he was yeah he's like he's like this song is so hard to play tricky yeah yeah yeah. because it's yeah (laughs) yeah because i think it's what is it behind the beat or something like that or or like a step behind the note or, or however they however guitar players say it it's not like a normal way to play no well and it's it's fast too you know you, you gotta move around a lot and i played that wrong i think for like half the time we did it live i just one day we were at Summerfest. Well, rock you know they, they play Summerfest sometimes i remember at Summerfest. Uh, my buddy goes, hey, I think you've been playing that wrong. And he goes <laughs> like this. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a hard song, but it was it, so much fun to play. Yeah. And um, I remember, too, for, for the solo for that song, you know, it's just kind of, you're, you're just kind of going for it, you know? <laughs> so I just kind of, for fun, put my own spin on it. And, and that was that was one of my favorite songs that we, we did live in House Stand. That was a fun one. Yeah, I, I was, was talking to... I was talking to one of my musician friends when he had that audition. He was getting frustrated with it. I go, what should he do with the solo? He's like, I don't know, man. Just hit a couple yeah. notes and, and use that whammy bar. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah I'm like, I don't have a whammy bar. I'm like, what's the key? You know, gee, okay, let's just, let's just noodle around in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was a good experience. But, yeah, did, did you have a chance to meet Vernon? No, I didn't. I mean, I okay. think they were kind of on and off, you know, just real you know, sure, like, sure. Yeah. yeah, that had to be. I saw the video coverage of it. They had to be amazing to do that, and and good on Book Chair to have you have you come up and and play and and do all that, and then the, you know a good way to cap off the summer. Oh, it's funny too. I, I didn't say this, but um, you know, after I played, you know, I, I stood at the at Stevie's tech station and just uh, watched from the the side of the stage. And so, you know, Stevie would come by sometimes and, and switch guitars. And so, towards the end of the set, he comes back and he says, "Hey, I should have told you this. Did you ever learn a crazy bitch?" I'm like, uh, "I didn't." He's like, "Okay." And so, you know, goes back out, um, you know, plays some more, comes back for another guitar change, and he says, "Okay." we're going to be doing this medley thing, you know, <laughs> he said, we'll be doing this medley thing. Um, and then I'm going to, you know, just announce your name, just come back out with your guitar and then you'll, you'll join us on crazy bitch. Just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, you know, just rock a B chord, you know, key a B for the soul. You'll, you'll do great. It'll be fine. Like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, man, talk about winging it. So I'm, I was like, I'm like, man, this is like their big hit too. And like, I don't don't screw it up. It's like just smile and play. What <laughs> and did that, uh, that was, that was cool. <laughs> What did Eddie Van Halen say? You know, if you make a mistake, do it twice so they think yes. you did it on purpose. Uh, I did it like five times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. That was cool. That's amazing. So you know, with the book, how, how um, you know, I know you've done you've done some some guest speaking too as well. Have you been doing that at all? you know, with the book coming out or is it just the focus on the music right now and, and getting that all, all situated? I mean, basically when COVID hit in 2020, you know, all the speaking stuff with, with the school assemblies, it just, it just yeah. kind of disappeared and it still hasn't come back. Like not, not once. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think we're trying to get some stuff going. I think we do have some stuff booked for later in the spring that's still quite a ways out so uh, i hope it happens because i haven't done it in such a long time that it'd be fun to do that again yeah how how has the response been to the book i mean it's a it's a great you know it's a emotional story it's a great story um you know not just you know for you but you're for your family i imagine you know as your mom was writing this being a mother you know writing about all these things kind of reliving these things and reliving all that you went through and watching her son go through these things, they had to be emotional for her too, as well. Oh yeah. I think it definitely, I mean, it definitely was like, especially at the beginning of the book, I think, 
you know, for her to kind of go back and kind of, you know, probably relive those days. So just, I think for them, it was just a lot of uncertainty. Um, just, you know, I, I, lots of surprises with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I know there was lots of like, you know, just, yeah, I, I think for, for her, it was just, I, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. She's probably like tough. Um, you yeah. know, things obviously turned out great, but just those early days for, for mom and dad, I'm sure it was kind of like, holy cow, you know? Yeah. Especially, especially seeing what you are today and seeing how far you've come, you know, I, I don't know, maybe she's never had a chance to really kind of reflect until she started writing the book. Well, you know, because, and, yeah. Yeah. And well, it, it talks about in the book too, you know, doctors, there were a few times, you know, you know doctors kind of said some, uh, and some, some uh, not so true, like just kind of a, almost, I don't know, insensitive rough stuff, kind of like, oh, you know, he'll, he'll never be able to do anything. Um, you know, just with, with lots of the stuff. I, I don't know, like, yeah, it, it talks about in the book, some of those doctors had some very uh, poor choice of words for mom and dad. Um, and I like to think now, you know, basically doing all this stuff is kind of like a bit of a <laughs> bit of a middle finger to them. <laughs> yeah, the middle finger, you know, and it's rock and roll, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, well, it, it's been great talking with you, Pete. I've always, uh, I, you know, I've been looking forward to this since uh, we started talking about having you come back, coming back on the show. Um, you know, love what you're doing, you know, love the inspiration, love the music, love your playing. Uh, always love to see your posts on social media, what song you're going to play out and jam to and, and the message that you bring, the positivity that you bring. So thank you again for, for coming back, back on, the, on show. the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me back on. It's always a good time. That is Pete Dankelson from Pete's diary. You can check him out at Pete Dank on Twitter, as well as Pete's diary on Twitter. Uh, look for the new album coming out this spring. Get the new book that uh, I'm sure you guys will all enjoy, How I Learned to Rock My Life, the, Pete Dankel, the Peter Dankelson story. Um, but give that a whirl. Give it a read. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay healthy. Take care of each other. And we will talk again soon. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.